Fifteen years ago today was 9-11. The World Trade Center was a symbol of our pride, our power, the center of world's finance, and our strength. It got hit. It got hit hard, and it came down. And we were completely and totally stunned. It no longer stood tall. But the moment it came down, instantly we became united. There was unity. Our American flags were raised everywhere. We cried and we prayed. Lawmakers pushed aside party lines and together they sang, God bless America, together and together. People from all over the country, firemen, police, medical professionals, engineers, and architects signed up to volunteer. In fact, our company, engineers, and architects signed up to volunteer to go to New York, but we were told that there were just too many engineers and architects already volunteered, so we could not go. We became one. We were no longer, no longer divided country. People volunteered all across the land to help. People stood for America. It was beautiful. <clears throat> the building came down, but in its place, we stood tall. We made music, and we made a beautiful music 15 years ago. in the valley, in the rubble, in the ashes. God says to sing a new song. God says to make music in our lives. So we want to make music, and we've been talking about how to make music, beautiful, wonderful music that pleases God for many, many weeks. So how do we make this music that pleases our Lord? So we've been talking about for the last several weeks, we can make music by making difference, changing ourselves. We can make music of the heart by dreaming a higher purpose in life. We can make music of the heart by just being there for someone when they need need something. want to talk to. You can make music of the heart by telling the story of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can make music of the heart as we overcome the challenges that we face each and every day. You can make music of the heart when you do life of doing. You can make music of the heart when you make it right. And that's what we talked about it last week. King David committed sin, when was told, when it was revealed, he made it right by confessing to the Lord. And then God made it right for him by giving him a new song, a new music through new son that was given to him. His name was Solomon. Today we want to know how we can make music and make it beautiful. 
how to make music and make it beautiful. Now, what do you think about when you hear the word beautiful? What do you hear about, uh, think about the word uh, when you hear the beautiful? First, what comes to mind is the, uh, the great, wonderful places, beautiful homes, and beautiful sceneries, and beautiful jewelries, and beautiful furnitures, and to some beautiful cars, and all that great, wonderful things that, that we are attracted to. As for me, I love nature. You know, something about sunrise and sunsets, they just stir something in me and brings out this beautiful uh, music called How Great Thou Art. I just love nature. So when I go on vacation, I like to go to natural places with the nature rather than man-made places. But then in the Bible, it's kind of interesting. When the Bible talks about beautiful, it talks quite a bit about the appearance of a person. Not so much all the time about in what's within, but appearance. The Bible says, Bathsheba was beautiful woman. We don't quite really know her personality, but she was so beautiful that the King David committed a serious sin against God. Genesis 24, 16 says, Rachel was very beautiful a virgin. Genesis 29, 17, Rachel was lovely in form and beautiful. 1 Samuel 25, 3 says, Abigail was intelligent and beautiful woman. Esther says that Esther was among many, many beautiful girls. Job 42.15 talks about that Job's daughters were absolutely beautiful. The Bible talks about the appearance quite a bit. But there are the hints that beauty is more than physical appearance. It shows us that beauty is in the one who sings to the Lord of the good news. Isaiah 52.7 reads, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation. But then Bible takes it a little further. Bible talks about the ultimate beauty. He was, the Bible is referring to the reason why Jesus came as something beautiful. He was referring to that which Jesus was about to face. It was something very, very difficult to do. But when it is done, it will be just beautiful music. The greatest music of all. Let me take you back to a play called Beauty and the Beast. Many of you may have seen it. I have seen it two, three times. Once with Juliana. And Juliana liked it so much. She came home with how great it was. And Christina says, I want to see it too. So I had to go again. When we were doing one-on-one. And may have seen one more time. 
Beauty and the Beast is just amazing story, which I believe that depicts the Christ in us. Bell says to the beast when she found out that her father is about to die. Spell sacrifices her freedom to save her father. Bell says, but he could die. Please, I will do anything. I will do anything. It's like Jesus saying, this people, God, that you have created, is, is have sinned, is about to die. I will do anything to save these people. That's us. Here, this sacrifice is what makes this movie just absolutely great that impacts and touches and moves people. And this beast had to learn the same. To love someone is to let go and to sacrifice. This sacrifice, the bell demonstrates in this play called Beauty and the Beast, is pure and clear. It's expression of love, giving oneself for sake of the other. Bell symbolizes the Savior. And who is the beast? Beast is us. It is that we need to learn how to love like Bell. Like Christ, we are the one we have to go through that transformation to become a new again, to be able to sing a new song and to make music. The lesson in this is that beauty is found in within. And when you find beauty in within, that's where real amazing music is created. So, What kind of music is beautiful to our Lord Jesus? What kind of music is beautiful to him? Let's look at a woman who made this wonderful, beautiful music of the heart, and it was so pleasing to Jesus. It was so pleasing to Jesus, so Jesus basically said, this is beautiful to me. This is the count. This is a time when the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for ways to kill Jesus. But you see, if you look at the Bible very carefully, the disciples were kind of saying, really? Is that really going to happen? They heard Jesus saying that the Son of God will die. Jesus never said, I will die. It's the son of God. They kind of knew he was the son of God, but it was referring to like third person, if he was a third person. So the disciple was kind of saying, really? It's going to happen? And Jesus said, a son of God will die, and this person will rise in three days. It didn't really occur to them that it was actually going to happen, and the timing was imminent. But someone knew. Someone knew. Who knew? Someone knew. Mark chapter 4, verse through 9, is the one we just read. 
today's scripture. Let's read this. While Jesus was Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman, this is the woman that we're going to study a little bit about, this woman came with an alabaster jar of a very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. This oil is very, very expensive. I don't know if there is any oil today that is as expensive as this perfume called Nard. It is so expensive, so rare, that it was used throughout the Bible. Solomon used this oil. And Mary Magdalene used later to anoint the feet of Jesus. Do you want to know how expensive this perfume was? Maybe all the ladies carry some of this expensive perfume in your uh, bathroom. I'm not so sure. I know that perfumes are very expensive. I try to buy some perfume from my uh, wife when she was younger. It was like $100. What? A perfume? A little jar, 100 bucks. And she says to him, I don't wear that kind of stuff. Don't buy me stuff. So thank God I don't buy her that kind of stuff. I don't know what she buys, but here's how expensive this is. For some of those represent, we're saying, who were representing? Our disciples were there saying indignantly to one another, why this waste a perfume? Now that we know it's Jesus, but can you imagine? Like, why are you pouring this expensive, expensive oil on this person? Why this waste of perfume? Now, verse 5 tells how expensive this is. It could have been sold for more than a year's wage. A year's wage. If you take the, the average middle-income person today, the salary, the wage that they make is probably somewhere around forty to fifty thousand dollars. This oil was worth forty to fifty thousand dollars today's money. Can you imagine that you have this amazing a piece of uh, liquid jewelry in your house, and this guest comes that you would use that to pour over his head and feet in the body? And this disciple saying, why waste this expensive oil? We should have just sold, you should have just sold that oil, which is worth years' wage, and give it to the poor, then you would have done something good. And they rebuked her harshly. When I fly to Korea, I fly, well, when I go to Korea, as you know, I go there a number of times. So when I go there, people say, well, how did you, how how was your trip? I say, I sleep pretty good in the plane. And they automatically assume that I'm in the first class. 
That's why you can sleep well. Because when we fly, we can't sleep at all. Well, they don't say that, but they can see that because I have a company, I travel so much, they probably figure that I'm flying at least a business class, if not the first class. Well, I always buy economy. I have always flown economy. And I tell these people, you know, the difference between the business class and economy is like a lot of money. It's like three to sometimes four times of the economy. I would rather save that difference and give it to the poor. And they say, yeah, that sounds really good, yeah. But just so that, you know, lately, you know, I travel so much, I do buy economy, then I do request upgrades. And sometimes, most of the times, I get that upgrade, which is good. Now, vastly different from the scripture. But you know, as you know, about a year or so ago, I had some issues with the heart. And from that point on, in Genesis, you're not flying economy anymore. I want you to get one at least a business class so that you could be rested well when you're doing all that travels. But I still buy economy and ask for upgrades. I still get the upgrades, and that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good. That's because... She may not want to hear this, but because I had some issues with the heart, she wants to make sure that I rest well. What if this is my last trip to Korea that I can make? I don't think so. We have to think about those things. What if this is last trip? Let him just go in a nice business trip. In this case of Jesus, the disciple didn't think this was going to be his last stop. This woman knew that this was going to be last stop. And Jesus says something so beautiful. Verse 6, leave her alone. And I was thinking, Jesus may could have easily said, yeah, you're right. It would have been better if we saw that thing and get the money and help the poor. Because Jesus was all about helping the poor. But he didn't do it this time. He continued, why are you bothering her? And this is it. She has done a beautiful thing to me. She has done a beautiful thing to me. You see, that's making music. She made a music to him, and he liked it. And this great music can only come, only can be made with beautiful heart. In verse 7, in verse 7, Jesus tells the disciple, it is my time. It has come. The poor you will always have with you. And you can help them anytime 
you want. But you will not always have me. Jesus is saying that time is near. You will not see me anymore. Verse 7 is so clear that Jesus is not going to be around any longer. And the amazing thing, as I mentioned, is this woman knew about this. That she knew that Jesus was not going to be there much longer. And she demonstrated what would be of his ultimate sacrifice with one thing most valuable to her, the oil in the alabaster jar. Jesus is saying, she understands the sacrifice that I am about to make for all of you. That was music to Jesus. You know, we try to make music. We try to make things beautiful in so many different ways. Yes, there are many attitudes that which we could say that was a beautiful attitude. That was a beautiful gesture. They include when you have the attitude of humility, submission, obedience, compassion, sanctification, and on and on. But one thing Jesus found really, really beautiful was the act of sacrifice. Why? Because he was about to step into that ultimate sacrifice. And he wanted his disciples to know that there is nothing greater than one dying for others. He wanted us to know that sacrifice is beautiful. He wanted his disciples to know that he is about to sacrifice his body for humanity. He wanted his disciples to do and be like this woman. He wanted us to know sacrifice is once again absolutely beautiful. He wanted us to know that ultimate music of the heart comes from what? Sacrifice. The ultimate music of the heart comes from sacrifice. And next verse, verse 8, Jesus let his disciples know very clearly what is going to happen. He says that my burial is coming. So you see, up to this point, Jesus has implied to his disciple that the Son of God will be turned over to the chief priests, will put to death, and will rise in three days. But this time, At this table, he directly tells what is going to happen and that it is going to happen soon. That he will die and there will be his burial. If you look into the verse, Jesus is saying in verse 8, she did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. The time has come. And this woman knew 
the time has come. So I'll tell you the truth. Wherever the gospel is preached, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. We don't talk about her, do we? But Bible is very clear. Whenever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Isn't that mean like we should be talking about the, our Savior Jesus at the same time we should be talking about this woman? No, we don't. We don't. What will be remembered is the real question. The Bible says what she did will be told, not who. What she did will be remembered, not who. What did she do? She sacrificed all that she had for a son of man who soon will be sacrificing for all the mankind. So each and every time a gospel is preached, we do remember her. We do remember what she did. Each and every time we speak about that Jesus died for our sins, we are remembering what she has done for Christ. That is so true to what the Bible has, is saying. That we will remember each and every time the gospel is preached. And everybody does that. You do it, I do it, every pastor's. Every evangelist talk about sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. So everywhere, wherever gospel is preached, what she has done is remembered. Christ died physically for all of us. We don't have to die no more. Remember last week, case closed? We don't have to buy no more. But there are many, many instances on the daily lives. There's so much that we can sacrifice. That's what God, that's what our Savior desires us. And when we do that, what are we making? We're making beautiful music. To love God is love others. To love God is love others in sacrificial way. And sacrificing for others is not merely a good deed. It is that which pleases our God. It's not something like optional. Hey, that's nice deed that you did. It is something that we must do for us to be able to create the beautiful music of the heart that can only come from sacrifice. Hebrews 13, 16. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. We're not talking about some simple just gestures of good deeds. It must have sacrifice. What God is looking for, it's a sacrifice. 
sacrificing our pride, sacrificing our stubbornness, sacrificing whatever that is, that is sacrifice. When you sacrifice, God is pleased. God is in turn saying, what you are doing is beautiful to me. And that's music to Jesus' ears. That's music to God's ears. And that's music to all the people around us. God loved us first. God made the greatest music first.